the palmetto was found in a backyard of someone in South Carolina. That's really? why it's called palmetto, meaning like God, you never know, ma- South Carolina. I never palmetto, made that connection you know. till just now. Did you really? Not? I literally. Yeah. So. Have no idea. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that's why it's called palmetto, or else it should be called fucking fireworks or confetti, right? Because that's what you associate South Carolina with. No, because that's what the palmetto looks like. Oh. Okay. Right? <laughs> it doesn't look yes. like palmetto yes. trees. It looks like confetti. Yeah. Right. This is From the Ground Up, the story of me starting my reptile business. In a new setup, we have two separate mics here. So hopefully we sound pretty decent. I don't know. We'll see. Now you're actually talking into a mic when before you would just talk in to plain air. No, I'd talk into the mic. You would half the time talking to the mic. Shut up. So now you're holding the mic. Okay. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? Selective buying. But first. Oh, but first. Our sponsors. Our sponsors. (laughs) Today, from the Ground Up Podcast, is brought to you by Hot Rocks. What is Hot Rocks? These are Hot Rocks for your reptile enclosures. They have two settings, off and 200 degrees. (laughs) Do a lot of people use Hot Rocks? Yes. Sold at your local Petco, if you're interested. Hotrocks.com slash bake your animal. Okay. And um, heat lamps? Well, as always, Repti hats and, you know, all that stuff. Check them out. Yeah. Someone's going to believe that these sponsors are real one day and it's going to cause Well, a lot how of else would we get money to, you know, support this podcast? Oh, okay. Because we really support Hot Rocks. <laughs> yes. And Petco. Yes. Yeah. And incandescent light bulbs. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Hey, Ian, by the way. He said hey on Facebook. Oh, hi. And then, like we said before, you'll probably hear us better on YouTube. But that person said it sounds good on Instagram. So. Well, thank you. Okay. So we're talking about selective buying Selective today, buying. So what we're talking about is not just buying any old animal, taking the time to wait for, you know, the proper, the perfect animal for your project. And we were supposed to talk about this last week. We were supposed week. to talk about this last week, but really we just talked to... To Evan. To Evan. <laughs> we just said, what's up, peeps? So today we're actually going to talk about it. Yes. Right. Okay. So I was just thinking about we, I was looking at corn snakes and basically just looking at this specific clutch that, um, what's his name, that Walter Smith from Walter Smith Creations put up on his Facebook page. Is he a big guy? Yeah. He's the one who I showed you that blood red. Mm-hmm. So I was like, holy shit, that's by far the best blood red pied sided corn snake that I've ever seen. Okay. And so, therefore, I was like, saw that she laid clutch, a clutch, and then decided, you know, that is going to be, I'm going to buy one of her offspring for sure. Like, there's Just no, because it was the best. Right. Seen. Yeah. So, it's about waiting, just not for the genes of the project, not just buying, oh, I want this kind of gene in my project, but you want the best example of every gene. But you also have to, have to have the money for the best example of every gene. But the thing is, it will be worth it. It may be, well, corn snakes is a different story. Maybe we're talking about 50 bucks difference between having the same genes and a great example of that gene. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's much worth it in the long run to have the best example of each gene rather than offspring. just buy what is available at the time. Especially now, if you're buying now, out of it's going to be you know well, everyone already say, picked through the right, clutch this isn't yeah. the time to buy so it's like if you're buying especially corn snakes who brumate in the winter right for the most part no one's going against that i mean some of the big breeders will do year round but mm-hmm. that's you know have to do multiple rooms all that stuff so at this point if they're selling it's either holdbacks which i mean it's always great if you can get someone's holdback you know that's going to be a good quality animal that they were originally going to hold back to and breed and they just decided to sell it Right. Okay. So, which is great, but then again, most of the time you're going to be getting the opposite, which is the leftovers from last year. <laughs> the little runs. So, so that's why you really want to, and it, it's tax time. So, what well, like, well, you know, a month season. early, okay. you know, so people start getting money and then that's when a lot of people buy up animals, but that's but when all the, the good animals are already gone. So, mm-hmm. 
the fact is you should wait around until okay. clutches start being laid. You know, maybe they start hatching very early, you know, in a month or so, maybe a little bit less than that if it's a corn snake. Uh, ball pythons are going to start laying eggs. I mean, they're probably hatching around now as well. So this is really the prime time to get picks of litters. I mean, or for the picks, future. picks of clutches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really what you want to do is get the pick of the clutch. Okay, so you, the blood red that you saw, did you, do you show interest in it now, even though she hasn't laid anything yet? Do you reach out to the person now to let them know? Yeah, I mean, I reached out and said, you know, hey, what do I have to do to make sure I can get a baby from this clutch? Do people so, allow holds? Do many when they're selling? It depends. Like, I don't have a personal relationship with this specific breeder, so it is hard to say, hey, I'm going to. Why not, though? Or, it's or guaranteed put down, money, or right? Or put down deposit on this animal. Yeah, I mean, he just didn't work that way. He just said, hey, you know, stay tuned to my page. He's probably already got people on deck, you know, ready to pick through the clutch who are better customers, you know, than I am. What's but the difference between... Well, I guess he doesn't know you, how you'll you let your it. You let your friends go first. Also, you never know when someone's messaging you for You snake could just stuff. be some They're random person. Like, yeah, there's always some runaround bullshit. You know, there's always so many people messaging you you about snakes who never end up buying snakes. So okay, got that's, it. That's essentially. So he didn't want to allow you to, like, reserve he doesn't, one. Not that he didn't want to allow me. He was just saying that. Have you ever done it in the past where you've reached out to someone you don't know well and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, I'll Not necessarily. Honestly, there's usually they usually have friends who are already on deck to pick through the stuff. It's not fair. I know. Isn't that a shame? <laughs> you you want the best too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you just gotta build your reputation over time. So then, what is the next step? Just you keep watching to see when she lays, or yeah, I mean, if you do the mass, she'll lay probably in like twenty days or so. But he won't start selling animals probably until a few weeks after they're laying, until they're feeding well. So you can't reserve. Then you can say. Then you can put your name in it. Well, or? no, it's when he posts it for sale. At least okay. that's how he's doing it. Okay, so. so he's not allowing any sort of like pre, pre-sale talking or. No, anything. no, not really. Okay, so you gotta wait and just watch when he puts it for sale. Right. You know, interesting. I Otherwise, I mean, you definitely want if you have personal relationships with people to be able to get in on clutches first, but. Right, I understand. You help your friends out, but also if someone's like, "Hey, I'm ready to give you money," like I would take it, but right. that's just me. <laughs> no, I know, and I think it's hard because I would be like, "Hey, I'm ready to put a deposit down on this animal." I didn't go that far as to say that, mm-hmm. but maybe I should have. And maybe also he just wants to see how it comes out before he, you know. I mean, he's going to get the first pick of the litter. That's the whole reason why you breed snakes in the first place. So he doesn't know how many, you know, he's going to want to keep back and that kind of stuff. So maybe that's why he's waiting till, you know, actually they hatch and everything like that. Right. I mean. And with, with the blood red, it's kind of hard because even in a clutch with a really nice female, you're going to get. A, you know, from the spectrum of really good example to Mm -hmm. decent example, you know, low expression, high expression, just like in a regular pied and like ball pythons, you don't know if it's going to be 95% patterned or 90% white, you know, you don't know they're all, they're all over the place. That's kind of how, uh, the pied sided works in corn snakes. But for the most part, I mean, there's gotta be some type of, uh, like polygenic trait that you can breed for. Uh, the fact is that what you really want to see is how dark of red she is. So what she's is like super dark red. So blood red, it's been bred over time to be more dark red. Why? I like the brights. I like it. Well, no. Red. Yeah, but it's cool when it's pied sided because it's dark red to a white color. It's just, just more contrast. Good contrast. Yeah. Just looks really cool. So that's like a thing to where she's very dark red. So she's going to pass on dark red babies, but they may be low expression, high expression. Okay. How did they consistently, did they just keep going darks to dark, like putting darks to dark to make it, um, to make, to get to her who's darker? Sorry. I was, I was reading it. You can't read and listen at (laughs) all. Do they just keep putting dark? Right. Yeah. Dark, the darkest to the darkest. That's why you may want to see a clutch grow up or you may want to 
you know, from babies say, I think this one has the most potential, obviously hold that one back or hold the couple back to mix those. Right. So you can further your own project. So you're always ahead. Right. You know, the person who's breeding is always ahead. So at that point I want the best, the best examples so I can be that person who's getting Mm -hmm. ahead. So, and quite frankly, I'm, I'm younger. So I have a longer lifespan than someone. <laughs> <laughs> All the corn snake guys are like 50 years old because really? corn snakes, they're not the hit. They've been around thing. for so long. Yeah. So I can start my own project. And by the time I'm breeding it for 20 years, you know, it will be cool. Be the same. So Evan was saying that his new thing is gray band and king snakes, which he was talking about even at Carpet Fest going to collect uh, some gray bands in West Texas. What is special about those? Um, gray bands are just super cool and they come in all different expressions as far as, you know, just really gray with like explosive orange, like that basketball orange. So it's just a good looking snake, but some people like there's some with barely any orange Mm -hmm. and then that are mostly gray with some black and some white. But, and then there's also, um, you know, high orange, big bands, stuff like that. So, and people really like localities as far as, um, they pinpoint like to the exact GPS location to where this gray band was what? found in West Texas. They so. bring a compass along with yeah, them as, and essentially. Mark it. So yeah, <laughs> so people are really into locality with that, which is it's a little ridiculous, but they're <laughs> they're just variable in all types of way. I don't think it really has anything to do with locality. I don't think it matters that much. The, but if you're that's, one GPS, that's the way off. that's the way they like to do it. So. Are they I mean, they're super cool. The same body type as your um, Mexican just black like king snake? just like most colubrids, yeah, similar body type. Okay, but they are a little bit more difficult to get eating. So why? Just because they're mostly just like all king snakes, they're mostly you know snake eaters or just other reptiles. Okay, so trying to put them on rats is just not what they're. So used yeah, to. going straight to rats maybe a little bit difficult, but. You know, it's here in West Texas and they're awesome. You know, you can. So most people are going out and getting them out the wild rather than uh, bu- trying to buy them from someone. Um, No, I wouldn't if, say that. I mean, there's some really good gray Texas, band. Wouldn't they? For me, the only reason why I'm not really gun ho on doing it is that there's so many people in Texas in this area that are doing it right you would so just it's be like one of the i could just i can just easily yeah if i want to buy them i'll buy them but otherwise i don't want to be uh but does it make one sense of the to crowd buy them if they're if they're a lot in texas does it make sense to buy it or it depends where it you're yourself? if you want to start your own line then i understand um you know why you would want to go wild collect and then why you want to have you a money. certain locale <laughs> and stuff and yeah of course but so yeah i mean i feel like if it there's abundance in your area why not i mean there's also disease wise and that kind of stuff that you don't yeah yeah i mean you don't necessarily want to just bring a wild caught animal right into your collection but i mean for me i want to go catch a slowinski's corn snake because a i don't know anyone who is breeding them not to mention they breed them and call them castanis which are castani is a national forest in louisiana so all the Salwinski's corn snakes seem to be what they say Castanis, which meaning deriving wild caught from the Castani National Forest. But I want a Texas locality. Okay. I want from like Sabine National Forest. So I want a different that I know is going to be a pure Salwinski's mm-hmm, corn from right there. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I want to collect that, and I just want to collect a pair. And you know, <laughs> there's thousands and thousands of people who collect. Uh, gray banded kings but mm-hmm. no one collects these so i would like to have them just so i can breed them um and we, should, we never have to get them out of the wild read again these before you know? they go away yeah. sorry evan said certain locations produce certain looks um gbks are predominantly gray banded kings yeah lizard eaters lizard eaters oh gross but you would any person would try to get them to eat rice or rice, rice. Mm-hmm. yeah rice. they eat rice yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mixed mice and rat in my head, yeah. but you would try to get them to eat. Uh, you rats. would you would have to scent them and stuff like that. I mean, and it's not the biggest deal because honestly, it's going to most of the people or most of the corn snakes, different colubrids are going to be lizard eaters. As far as corn snakes won't readily find pinky mice in the wild, right. what they're gonna find is a knolls. So they'll they would rather start on baby anoles or small anoles. So. 
it's much easier to get. And now with captive breeding, you usually don't have to start with the gnolls, but that's right. just generation after generation mm-hmm. after generation. That goes for any snake. You know, the more generations are bred, the easier, the easier it's going it to be. to get them on what you want. Right. But if Evan's going to go find one in the wild, that's it's. there's going to be some transition time for him. Or would he, for someone who's going to go get one out the wild, would you suggest that they start feeding on what the animal is used to or start immediately with rats like you're, you're not you... gonna have a choice if you have the choice that's amazing and you give them mice Go right get away. some lizards <laughs> yeah. but most of the most of the time you're not gonna have that choice you're gonna want to freeze and annul and scent a rat with it okay so have you ever seen me like feed the hog nose sometimes i scent that with tuna so tuna is gonna yes. give off a scent that's much like a frog which is what okay. they eat in the wild mostly you know little toad toads so could you do that with a gray band king sink king sink i'm do not the, sure uh, you'd, you'd probably you'd probably use a knolls i'm not sure you can probably use tuna and how long would you have to do that until you are weaning off or you just there's no saying you may have to do the, that for okay. the whole life of the animal but palmetto coast exotics was saying that there's a good amount of variation between the corns in the barrier islands down here in south carolina so really okay you know they're in South Carolina, obviously, the most popular wild caught corn is going to be the Okatee. That is not obvious which is to the rest obvious. of the. That's so not, it's like, I don't know that. Like, it's not obvious at all. <laughs> okay. So the Okatee, and that's from the Okatee Hunt Club, which is in South Carolina. Um, is that where you got? Is where it, you think yours came from? Didn't yours the guy yeah, so, you got from was well, South Carolina? Well, now. Now, Okatee is sometimes just used for all the animals that have, you know, thick banding. Oh, so there's a wide banding, there's a wide and that range. orange color, that, mm-hmm. you know, orange background color with some red in between in the pattern. So, yeah, I mean, it's not I wouldn't call it true locality now. And I know it's illegal now to captive or to collect from that area. Okay. So, so you don't know where where your worst could. But have. but then again, you have Miami corns too, which are going to be obviously in Miami. You have Keys corns, which are in the Florida Keys. The Miamis are going to hold um, a much more like grayish base color and much more red maroon type of like saddle pattern. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the Okatees are going to be more orange. Right. And then all throughout, from New Jersey to Florida, really Louisiana. I mean, there's going to be all different colors. Um, the, the, the Swinsky's corn snakes are going to be more gray base color. And then the pattern is going to be like a chocolatey brown. Mm, I haven't seen mm. that. It's not that glamorous looking, <laughs> no. but it, I like it. <laughs> um, Evan said about the the gray banded king snakes, he's going to do a 90 day quarantine. First four feedings, lizards, and then start scenting. Have you ever had to do that? Well, with your hog nose, what did you do in the beginning? With my hog nose, I did one of them ate mice right off the bat, so that was fine. And then with the other one, I was doing pinkies, dipping it in tuna, and then the tuna scent he took. If you didn't take that, then you give him, you may give him an, a frozen thawed anole, you may give him a okay. frozen thawed toad. Luckily, here in Texas, we have native wildlife that you can go collect. You know, you can find no. you can find different lizards, you can find different toads to feed them. But not everyone's so lucky. When I was in New York breeding corn snakes, it's hard to transfer over the <laughs> the picky feeders because there's not. I can't just find an anole out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, Palme- Palmetto Coast Exotics said that he's about 20 minutes away from Jasper slash Okatee County. Which I believe it's the Okatee Hunt Club in Jasper County. But okay. he was saying he's about 20 minutes away but from But you there, said it's illegal to go there now? That's what I've heard. Yeah. Interesting. I'm not sure if that... I'm sure if you get them right outside of South Carolina, you know, like right outside, outside of the, the county, line, I'm sure they fine. look pretty similar. <laughs> right. But, um, I mean, you'll find those, especially on islands and stuff, like, you know, just the... What it, the evolution... Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what this means. You know, obviously on islands, um, species are isolated. So they all breed with each other. So that means that mutations happen much faster. Color variation happens much faster. That's why you see all boas that are different colors from a certain island. You see hog island boas, which are really small. And then you see other island boas, K-crawl, everything like that. How did you get to an island? South Carolina's on an island. I don't know how you just got to that. There's little islands off the coast, I believe. Oh, okay. And are there a lot of Okatees <laughs> in those 
islands, you think, or on those islands? No, they're just, I'm saying they're all variable. They're all okay. different. In each right, because right. they're going to each other. Got it. He said Jasper County. Oh, he already wrote that one. He said they're basically, basically the, the same. same, meaning, I'm guessing that means pretty much the same base colors. I mean, you're going to think things that are very close to each other are going to be closer. You know, they're right there. You might as well. Right. I mean, it's just environmental factors that have made them that way. So Why did they make it illegal um, at the club? Honestly, but probably over collecting, but I'm not sure. Interesting. So, again, is our Okatee from South Carolina? I mean, bread all in of, South Carolina? I know that our palmettos are from South Carolina. Okay. So, the palmetto was found in a backyard of someone in South Carolina. That's really? why it's called palmetto. Meaning, like, God, that you never know, South Carolina. I never Palmetto, made that connection you know. till just now. Did you really? Not? I literally yeah, so. had no idea. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that's why it's called Palmetto, or else it should be called fucking fireworks or confetti, right? Because that's what you associate South Carolina with? No, because that's what the Palmetto looks like. Oh, okay. Right? <laughs> it doesn't look yes. like Palmetto yes. trees. It looks like confetti. Yes. Right. Okay. But not we don't get that color confetti. Right. Um. But yeah, okay, makes sense because it's found in South Carolina, <laughs> Palmetto. Got it. And he just found it in his backyard. And um, it's not like, I think someone found it and then somehow got in touch with Don Soderbergh, who is here in Texas. Oh. And he knows like that's one of the biggest corn snake breeders. He may buy this for a good price. So he said, hey, I found this corn snake in my backyard. You want to buy it? I'm sure really? he paid like, a lot of money to... But how, if the guy didn't know what it was, I'm sure he didn't know uh, how high to tell charge what a palmetto it. Is. I mean, but if you just found it in his backyard, yeah, you've never I mean, seen it before. It must have been someone that was, Knowledgeable. you know, a little cognizant of something because. Because right. if it was just a random, you know, blow Joe, that's not the expression. But I mean, I guess if you <laughs> blow Joe. <laughs> that's not the expression. <laughs> I think it's Joe Blow. <laughs> Joe Blow? Yeah. Got it. Oops. If it's a random Joe Blow, he wouldn't know, like, you know, what to charge or what, you know, to do with it other than just. Yeah, if you're a decently smart human being who can use Google, though, I'm sure you can find out that (laughs) someone's willing to pay. But if it had never been found before, how were you going to Google it? Uh huh. Um, You just don't know. Okay, so he gave it to Don something something. Soderbergh. And what did he do? And then he, you know, bred it to a normal, got the hats, and then bred it back, and then got the palmettos. And kept going. Yeah. Wow. Lucky man finding in his backyard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would, I mean, that's kind of everyone's dream is to find, you know, an <laughs> animal in the thing. wild. And yeah. He said, oh, we already read that. Yeah. Sorry. I thought it was something new. And also, I mean, Ian said that it sounds better on Facebook uh, than it did in the past. So it's because of the new room. So Instagram's room. a little bit closer to us. That's why we're able to actually read. I mean, still got lean a little bit, but not much. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's not a tree tapestry in the back, though, anymore. You have a nice mirror showing the windows. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're actually going to talk about our topic now. Yeah. Back to choosing. Well, you talked a little bit about it. Yeah. Choosing when. And I, I think that's pretty reasonable, right? Just what? choose the best snake to get the best outcome. Yeah, but you were just like, oh, I like how that looks also. Right. Is that what defines the best snake? You like how that looks? I mean, you know what people are going to like in certain genes. You know that people who like pied sideds are most likely going to like ones that creep further up the side and are going to be as red as possible. You know, blood red pied sided red. red as possible. So you want that contrast. So that's what you're looking for in the project. That's what I like, too, though. So everyone likes that for the most part. So it's an easy choice on my end. What did they say? Um, Alan Burns says, so what are we talking about? In this part of the woods. <laughs> well, you're kind of talking about various things, but yeah, yeah we're just talking about like uh, choosing to buy a certain snake or a different gene to bring into your collection. How you know you want to wait until you can pick the finest example of that. Gene. But that's only if you're like a person who's really into breeding. If you're if you're getting a pet, then yeah, well, not it just might a, not, not necessarily a pet, but like I don't think all the people who are buying them now, even though the snakes are kind of runts now i don't think all the people who are buying them now are like faulted i don't think they're gonna have a bad experience with it um not everyone is necessarily looking for the best of the best what oh no i was just messing around with your mic 
But uh, yeah, I mean, but I think that you should. Not everyone is, but I think that you should. I mean, when it comes to money, you know that the more expensive the snake, mostly the better example of the gene is going to be or the species right. is and going again, to be. Right, again, back to money. Everyone doesn't have that money. But what I'm saying is save <laughs> for like an extra month and wait the and appropriate wait time to get the pick of the clutch. And so when are those blood reds, when are they, when are you expecting them to be out? Or on sale? Yeah, like I said, like 30 days or so. So at the end... I mean, who knows? You know, who knows what's going to get going when. I want to see the whole clutch before... Before you choose. But you also... Yeah, the hard part is whole clutch with the ones that the guy's keeping taken out and the ones that he's given his friends taken out. Right. Yeah, so... So what's left? You know, the best that is left out of all of that. Right. And so you have to choose... Well, you have a you have a smaller thing to choose from, but so does everyone. That's not his friend or him. <laughs> yeah. And so then how after that? So the blood red, is that something you just happened to see that you wanted or you had a plan that you before you saw his that you wanted that? I had a plan that that's definitely one of the more popular morphs as far as corn snakes go. And I like it and everyone else <laughs> likes it. I mean, that's it. I mean. The first thing I'm going to do is buy whatever I like. And the second thing is going to buy whatever well, I can else sell likes. also. So I don't want to yeah. produce anything that I can't sell. You know, I'd rather be the best at doing something, you know, one particular gene than, you know, just sell a bunch of mediocre animals and not be able and have to hustle to sell those. To sell those. Right. I'd rather rather than sell themselves. Also, you don't have the space to have a bunch of, you know, you'd rather focus on the more expensive or focus on a better one and uh, work on that one rather than you don't have the space to have 60 plus <laughs> snakes right now just chilling. Right. Yeah, I mean, Palmetto Coast Exotic said, you know, to him it boils down to you can breed whatever you want, but don't be surprised if they don't sell. Which... So it's like you can't, you can't expect everyone to want your you know, normal corn snakes. Like you bred them just to breed them, but then you're like, what do I do with these? Mm -hmm. Of course they're not going to sell. No one, you know, at but this you, point. Ball pythons. Yeah. If you're doing a ball python, someone's yeah, going to buy those. No. Yeah. But you're selling them for like 10 bucks normals at this point. So you're just trying to get it. rid of them. Yeah. You're spending money to create them, which is nice. But for some reason, also the cheaper animal, the less money people are willing to spend on the standard of living for the animals so repeat that you just confused me meaning like if you do your higher your higher value animals are going to actually go to people who are more experienced for the most part yeah that makes meaning sense. meaning that just not a regular person is ready to drop 500 dollars on an animal right. that's going to be someone who already has animals and is going to breed them so it's going to be a different game when you're selling just to a person getting a pet you're putting in so much more effort to help that person along mm -hmm. and then also put in the risk that you're putting your animal at risk that in a is going bad to hands. An, yeah, an experienced keeper. So it's almost so much easier just to get high dollar animals that are great examples because it will ward off the price will ward off a lot of the people low who, level problems. But then again, it's also good to help people along. You like have that, to have those people yeah. who do that because then you'll never the low level people will never low level people will never become yeah but high you level people. you can't you can't complain about having to go through all the steps you know to do that meaning explaining it how to keep the animal how to right, do right you that. set you have yourself to be up to for the, that. right you have to be ready to do that right um evan said sell to owners of king cobra wholesale. which is honestly what a lot of big breeders do they either freeze a lot of like stillborns or even normal, some byproduct really, they sell, sell to people to, who have king cobras. To eat snakes, really? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's making more money, but... And I mean, it, it, I mean, they have to eat, king cobras have to right, eat. Right, so you can give them your normals that you don't sell yeah. to other people. It's not what I'm trying to do, but... <laughs> but it's a way to make it's money. A, it's a way to do it if you want to. He said, which is fine if you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. you're not trying to do that I mean, that that's, right now. that's personal discretion, though. No one's saying that a mouse's life is any better than a, than a snake's, snake's life. life. It that's just, just a it personal distinction that we're making. It yeah. feels weirder when it's, I don't know, at least to me, that when it's the like, same animal. Like, why do we animal. eat chicken and pigs and, yeah, you know. But, uh, okay, but it sounds we start worse, eating horse, like, but it no sounds, way. But it sounds way worse for us to eat another human than 
us to eat chicken and pigs. If like snakes eating snakes is weird to me because it's the same animal. That's it's weirder to me. I don't know why. And so I think that's why I wouldn't be okay with it because it's the same animal. Right. And so like humans eating humans, cannibalism. Right. But the only the distinction of that is because we don't eat. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Why I'm moving my fucking hands so much. Today. I'm just sorry. fucking pounding it's it on my desk. I'm gonna <laughs> sorry. You're just doing this weird finger thing. Yeah. But what the hell was I talking about? I'm sorry. Distinction. So, so we don't. I did it fucking again. We, you know, we don't eat other human beings because there is a there's more diseases that can be passed between humans. They're not more there, there are cannibal tribes, but are there not more diseases that can be passed between snakes to snakes? There's a certain disease that can be passed from, I believe it's the brain matter of humans, to where you get mad cow disease because that's from cows mm-hmm. that were fed feed from ground up cows. So, so it's, it's like, like they ground cow, up cows, cow, put it cow. in the feed, and feed it to other cows, and, and then, then that's how they get mad cow, cow disease. So, okay, is it possible for snakes? To get a disease from no, because snakes. they're natural snake eaters. Most snakes, many snakes, so their bodies are, are made for that. Right. I mean, I did. Um, I fucked up once, and I was closing the bin on a baby corn snake. Mm-hmm. Like I had like thirteen baby corns in there, so they're all trying to get out at the oh, same yeah. time. So I closed it, and then one like shot out right <laughs> as I was closing it. So like, unfortunately, I like, closed them in the tub, mm-hmm. and you know, oh, and he killed them. I didn't kill him, but it wasn't going to be something that I wanted to raise up, so I had to give him to the king snake. Okay. Oh. So I mean, that I mean, kind of thing case, happens, but but like the king snake is is no, it's fine with eating it. Right. Another little corn. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a good way to. I would rather feed that corn to the king snake then raise that corn up and have it be something wrong with it or something. Yeah. Like a barely viable animal as far as I've seen way too many animals with like metabolic bone disease and stuff to where, why would people raise people are rescuing it? But I don't know if that's a great quality of life. Why, why raise something that's so, I don't know what the word is like, so diseased that it's quality of life. So why do people even do it? Yeah. Something that's so disfigured that it's, can barely even you know hunt for its own food i don't think that that's a great do they just quality of rescue because they don't like killing things and so they just yeah i mean to... a natural nurturing thing but i i think that goes for every animal right it makes sense but at some point that uh, yeah but you know people want to save every dog every every animal out there mm-hmm. you know but sometimes i think it's more humane to actually you know, euthanize the animal than to keep it alive. Are there diseases that snakes can get from rats and mice? Like if your rat is sick, can that snake get that? Or For sure. I don't know what it is. I mean, most things don't pass warm-blooded to cold-blooded, mm-hmm. but there's definitely some things, especially if you're looking at like mites or parasites. Okay. That kind of thing. Otherwise, I'm not really sure I wouldn't be the best. But not something that could like kill the snake. From I'm, I'm sure there's something. Some I mean, crazy. and your most... The most dangerous thing is them hunting the rat in the first place. I mean, just, what do you, mean? you know, that's a battle for survival. The The snake doesn't always win, you know, versus for the most part in captivity yeah. is going to win. <laughs> but, you know, it's always a certain level of danger feeding a live rodent to a snake, you know, just from biting it, stuff like that. Or if the snake's not hungry and it eating it, like we mentioned before. Do you think so for, as far as like rodent factories, how do they know? Or do you think they ever freeze and sell uh, mice or rats that have any sort of sickness or illness or anything? I'm sure there's been times. I mean, there's nothing to pin down. I wouldn't be sure, you know. Right. And so, but you just, you're not quite sure and just hope that it. Well, for for the most part, when you're feeding frozen thawed, you are killing, you know, all types of bacteria or anything that could have been on the rat in the first place. But so. like in it, like a sickness. Yes, in they're it. frozen through, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there still could be stuff. And for the most part, we don't know shit about reptile disease and really? stuff We've like that. We've been keeping parasites. them for so many years. Yeah, How you, can you not know? Because no one has money to do random research. They're not just throwing money, you know, to do research in snakes. They're like, fuck that. Let's find like, out what 
happens when you know for pandas or something you know they're putting much more money towards that and and they're mostly worried on making you know naming reptiles even in the wild out there they're not thinking of captive you know they have money to go pay people to kill them in florida but they don't have money to do research on that's a totally different thing though (laughs) it doesn't but um yeah so they're you'd think somebody I don't know, herpetologists. Yeah, but there are, but no one's willing to go as far. I don't know. We don't know enough even in humans. We don't know everything. Right. But, but you know, the snake that we have who got a mouth infection from impaction, where the vet just keeps checking. on giving us different antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Say, does this work? Does this work? Is that fucking scientific? No, he's just fucking shooting in the wind. So is it that we, knowing these more about reptile disease will not add enough to the community to justify the cost of researching it. Is that what you're saying? That's what it seems, right? The ends don't justify the means. Yeah. I mean, no one's given a shit yet, so. That's, I don't know. It just feels like something you should know about is reptile diseases, but I guess, I don't know. Most. You would think, but like, it just hasn't come across. I mean, there's just so many things people are trying to get grants for. You know, the last thing someone's going to give up money for, you know, it's some study snake. Him. Yeah. And it maybe it's just because it's not enough of a, like snake diseases aren't enough of a problem at this point. That a majority of the things that go wrong with the snakes are like mites and things and the, that The only thing people about. are going to tell you is, you know, your snake's going to give you fucking salmonella. That's going to be the only thing mm-hmm. that they're going to say. Otherwise, no one knows anything. Right. And how, I don't even know how you'd go about researching or just taking dead ones that had this. I mean, there's definitely... Also, part of it is that we could have, you know, taken a biopsy of that infection or whatever, or mm-hmm. cut the infection open and chose more invasive measures to figure out what's going what on and or treat it. But, you know, try to do antibiotics first. And that's that's a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing about snakes. Uh, we just kind of throw antibiotics at anything. Rather than going in and treating Rather it. than going in and trying to find out targeting the problem and but taking care of it. But I think they don't go and target the problem because they don't know enough about it. It's like a cycle. It's like you don't, you don't try to go handle that one specific problem because you don't know enough about it as a whole. Yeah, and then you're but talking to vets you just who go back and forth. aren't particularly that conscious about snakes in general. They're just an exotic vet that is qualified to work with snakes, but maybe they don't really give too many shits. And also they're not being educated about it in their schooling because people don't know about it. There is a bunch. So it's like if you, if they did the research, I think it would trickle down, you know, to everything. More vets would know about it. More sicknesses with snakes. But maybe we have to care about it. You know, maybe we're the first that have to care about it in order, you know, that what the public wants is usually what reflects in the private sector or, you know, if there was a reason, if there was economic need for them to find out what's going on, in other words, if the reptile hobby was big enough to provide such, you know, with cats and dogs, vets are able to make a living just on treating cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, vets aren't able to make a living just treating reptiles. So I think that's part of it. There's not as much economic upside to learning more about, about taking care of reptiles. You know, why do that when you can just study cats and dogs and dogs, and that's pretty founded at this point and just, you know, go about your life. That makes sense. Vets don't make that much money to begin with. You know, you don't want to have to sacrifice something else. Right. So if more people had reptiles, it might be a different. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If there was a a larger sector of the population that kept reptiles and I think. It would be more reasonable to do more research to find out what's going on. Where do people bring? This is gonna be a dumb question, but where do people bring like their alligators and stuff? It's the same when thing. It's sick? They bring it to the, just the a regular thing. It's, vet. It's all lumped together. Just a regular old vet. You go take your huge ass uh, alligator in. I mean, obviously, you want someone who's gonna be experienced. Okay, but that person isn't everywhere or <laughs> most places right would you want to i mean if, where there's zoos there's vets that take care of the okay. animals at the zoo so like you can bring when, it to the zoo yeah like when i was no but when <laughs> i was in syracuse i used the vet that the zoo also used okay i'm not sure who does it there may be someone specifically for the dallas zoo here that doesn't have a private practice i'm not sure but mm-hmm. for the most part i mean an exotic vet 
is going to you know you want someone who works on all those animals but that would make sense to see who the zoo there's just more research involved trying to pick your vet carefully if that's your thing um he said the demand isn't high enough for research there's just not enough reptiles for people to learn people don't keep enough reptiles for uh, it to be profitable for anyone to learn more about it yeah which is just goes for anything though you know there has to be money and something for people to care I mean, that's why U.S. Arc works. So that's why, you know, retakes, we were able to get them across straight uh, state, state lines, lines again because there's economic upside Benefit to it. Benefit to it. Yeah. But not about learning more about diseases. Now, do you think if, well, no, because that would be about, well, if more people were getting bit by snakes, there would be a lot of other consequences that would happen. But do you think... No, pe- they uh, would venom learn research more? is already okay, is a prevalent already a thing. thing. Because humans are involved. There's... There is a high stake at that point because other humans care about humans first. But I guess the diseases wouldn't be transferred to humans, so it wouldn't. That's why they don't. Yeah, that has nothing to do with disease. You're more worried about the venom. The venom. So venom research is very well documented and extensive. Right. Okay. Are vets trained in that? In all various types of... No, you want to go to a regular medical doctor because that's involving humans. Duh. That was a dumb question. (laughs) Sorry. But, I mean, there are even some vets out there that are more catered towards treating, like, in Southern California, there's a specific, there's, like, a world-famous vet who does, you know, all venomous bites, stuff like that. Really? Yeah, so there are more specially trained doctors because, you know, that's... Is there, why in Southern California? I feel like that, I would expect it in, like, Florida. Um, I wouldn't expect it in Southern California. Yeah, I mean, Southern California, there's going to be Mojave rattlesnakes. Oh, all those. Duh, that makes sense. And stupid people keeping those. And getting no, bit not by keeping them. them in the wild. Oh, and getting bit out right. there, getting bit by them. Got it. I mean, there's there's Mojave's as well as, why the hell am I forgetting the other rattle? Oh, it makes me feel stupid. I'm not the person to ask. Something Pacific rattlesnake. Let's go with that. Something Someone Pacific rattlesnake. Blank Pacific <laughs> rattlesnake. God, Godfather's Exotic said getting new mics. I guess he probably saw before when we were just talking when everything broke and we just talked oh, yeah. into the computer. <laughs> getting high tech. Well, we had ooh, we had mics. Had she still can't talk into the mic. Shut up. I move my hand a lot. Yeah. Well, so you use so do I, but one. I use my other one. Yeah, but now we both like have a these. Rapper. Okay. My arm gets tired. May have that's to... why yeah that's why i got an arm oh yeah because you have a fancier chair yeah. so <laughs> don't shit on me yeah. when you have better stuff whatever <laughs> that's gonna oh my god what is that that you rattlesnake? can't think of other rattlesnakes name yeah keep on talking you're gonna google it um i have no idea what another rattlesnake's name could be and it's only uh Part, like found I don't know in why Southern I want to say Southern Pacific rattlesnake, but that may not make sense. Is it only found in Southern California, or is it other places too? Um, I believe it's mostly just found in Southern California. I mean, not just, but okay. but mostly there. Were you right? I think that may be right. Southern Pacific rattlesnake. Southern Pacific rattlesnake, and then the Mojave, which is found uh, southwestern California and south into Baja California and Mexico. What is in the what so, word did you say? What? In the Baja? Into Baja, California. Baja is a part of California. Oh, okay. But, um... Okay. So... <laughs> this just really confused me for a second. Yeah, so... But the thing is, Mojave rattlesnakes, they have a venom that's going to be both neurotoxic as well as hemotoxic. So it's explain. going... Gotta it's going to attack your nervous system as well as attack your flesh. So, oh, fuck. So neurotoxic means that just like in a lapid, which is going to be most of your cobra species, coral snakes, it's going to shut down your senses, mm-hmm. you know, and just the blood flow to your brain and you're going to lose sense sight. You're going to lose sight of smell. But it has the word neuro in no, it. Yeah, brain. Yeah. Got it. But I'm just explaining okay. for, <laughs> further. So you're going to lose your sense of smell. You're going to get real dizzy. You're going to get real high. You're going to be like on a trip is basically. But a trip you don't want. Yeah, I mean, it's going to feel decent. It's going to feel decent, but you're probably, <laughs> you, you may die. It. You're probably going to die because you can't, you're going to, you're going to lose motor function, mm-hmm. walking, seeing, smelling, yeah. all that stuff. And then, um, hemotoxic is going to be attacking your blood 
and it's going to be, you know, have a heavy necrotic effect. So it's going to, from the side of the bite, your, um, your skin is going to start pretty much eating. It's going to eat away awesome. your skin. So, um, that's why you see a lot of people who handle rattlesnakes, a lot of the, um, you know, stuntmen, stuff like that. They're missing, maybe missing some fingers, maybe missing a leg, okay. something like that. So, yeah, that's going to be Tom Crutchfield from have that necrotic effect. He has both. He has rattlesnakes as well as a lot of lapids. He has a bunch of cobras. Has he ever gotten bit? I believe he got bit through a bag by a snake. Okay, so there's a layer of protection <laughs> between him. No, it doesn't matter. The fang still comes still through and him. it's still injected venom into him. But. but he doesn't do any sort of self-envenomation like the other. No. I didn't think so. He's m- more regular in the venomous yeah. snake keeping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just tries not to get bit. I think that should be everyone's. If we're going to keep venomous ones, yeah, let's try not let's to get bit. Let's just try not to get bit. That's pretty much it. And if you do... Go find someone who knows. I mean, if you're keeping venomous, you should probably keep um, any venom on, you know, in your place. On deck. (laughs) On deck. Yeah. Where do you get that from? It's very expensive. That's That's the whole thing. Do you get that from just a regular medical doctor? Here in Texas, I mean, crow fabs probably everywhere because they're native. But if you're in a different state that doesn't have native species, you're probably fucked. Really? You can't just you can't buy. Uh, any venom? No, you can. I'm just not sure where. I'm not sure what. But like from what I've seen on like YouTube and through videos and stuff like that, some people have their own. I'm not sure exactly how you get it. Why is it so expensive? Because you're taking venom, you're injecting it into a horse, then you're extracting the white blood cells out of the horse, oh, so which just... is the antibodies that fight the venom, and then you're putting it into a human. So just the process, process is very intense. Yeah. Okay. You need to half kill a horse in order to get the fucking thing. I believe wow. they also do it in like sheep or something like that, but mostly horses. Okay. Interesting. Who, who does that? Do her, like what medical, medical field companies, but I mean the people who extract the venom are going to be like to Kentucky reptile zoo, or there's one down in Florida. There's a bunch okay. of people who are extracting it. venom. Then they send it. They actually put it in a um, what do you call that thing? The thing where centrifuge, it's, yeah, yeah, or check it to mm-hmm. to like detach the proteins of the venom or whatever, and then they send it off to different labs to run those tests or you know create any venom. So do they keep any venom at like ho- local hospitals or? Yeah, I mean you can imagine places that they also fly them in from different places. Like there's in Miami, there's a. Um, what would you like a stock of different venoms to put towards, you know, when people get bit, stuff like that. Okay. Well, that makes sense, especially in Florida. Yeah. Just so yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, prevalent venomous snakes, stuff like that. So they always kind of have that. And I mean, they have a helicopter on duty. If someone gets bit, you know, to go from Miami to wherever, so and you can be in a different state. Do you bring the person to the venom or bring the venom to the bring person? Bring the venom to the person. <laughs> venom is a little bit lighter, but you do have to keep it always refrigerated at times. That's why they. That's why where snakes are most prevalent, you know, especially venomous snakes, and people are outside the most, probably Africa and India, mm-hmm. which is the exact place where they have trouble keeping it cold. Right. So they may have any venom for an Indian cobra somewhere, but... They don't have in the romate means. locations, mm-hmm. they don't have refrigerators to keep it cold. So they. So what's the point? <laughs> so they just try to use voodoo to survive pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can't, if your venom's not going to work, you got to resort to other <laughs> means of trying yeah, to stay just start alive. Praying. Right. But, and then obviously it's a 50 50 chance whether or not. In places like India and Africa, they have a much higher percentage of venomous snakes than here. Is that what you're saying? I don't know if that's true, but there's definitely more instance of people encountering them. Well, that makes sense. Just less habitat fragmentation. And then they are currently growing. So you probably have people living in places where there weren't anyone previously. So there's probably more of this wildlife in Mm -hmm. general. So, yeah, I mean, snakes are pretty skittish. They're not trying to fuck with anyone, but. But if you come in contact with them, right, and people who are outside most of the time, unlike us, you know, we're never, almost never outside. So there's not research on like the most, the place that has the most venomous snakes. I'm sure, or just not that you know. I mean, Australia, everything's kind of venomous, but then again, that also comes into how many people 
where the most venomous snakes and spiders are, how many people are there? If you're in Central Australia, there's pretty much no one there, but that's the where all the dangerous right. animals are. So you would also need to know it's not it, it's not important statistic if no one's there. <laughs> if there's a lot of you know venomous right. snakes, right? It's no where one's in- where are humans gonna encounter venomous snakes? Is right. What's important? Which is in those countries like Africa and, and India, right? Right. Because, I mean, you have people in the bush living, you know, mm-hmm. hunting right. animals Not for like Australia where there's no one in there. Right. Very interesting. I mean, there's indigenous people, but they're mostly on the coast. Like, Are they included in the statistics? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're in a different They're In Australia, world. there's a weird thing where they're not really even included in the law because they're able to hunt and fish whatever they want. So, Because, uh, no, you know, you separate. don't want to encroach on their way of life. Mm-hmm. But then again, you have things like dugongs. Dugongs are basically, imagine an Australia version of a uh, manatee. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've seen videos of manatees. They're just fucking slow and clumsy and they'll just come up to you. Right. So dugongs are kind of the same way, but the aboriginal, you know, they eat them. So it, you can imagine how easy it is to kill a dugong. It and two eat miles it. an hour. So. So people are trying to get that passed, at least just to protect the dugong, because it's obviously dwindling in numbers because they're so easy to kill, you know, just like the buffalo. But are those dugong only in the area of the indigenous people? For I believe it's widespread as far as the indigenous people are widespread. Oh, okay. I thought they were very localized in one area. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but I know that, you know, one of their biggest threats is going to be the indigenous people. Right, to their life. But, I don't know, I guess if the indigenous people haven't been affecting the rest of the world's life and stability. Oh, there's a bug, sorry. Right. Um, but, so, but can Australia impart laws on the indigenous people? If they Currently they can't, yeah. And they meant for that to be a thing, you know. To continue. Right. In a way, we kind of have a similar thing because... Native Americans? Yeah, you go on a reservation, you can smoke in the fucking... (laughs) (laughs) What do you call it? The casino? And all that? think of the name casino? Yeah, I don't know why. But meaning, you know, they make their own rules, right? Well, that's why most of the casinos are on... Because you can't... Isn't a law you can't have a casino on land? Right. Unless it's on a reservation. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be like on water or something like that. I don't know. There's but something yeah, that's it. exactly why yeah. they have them there and there. But I feel so. There's no. Laws. There's some laws that are imparted I don't on it. No, we don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. How do Native Americans feel about snakes? Oh, <laughs> uh, I believe just like all nature, they're probably somewhat respectful. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then again, they also, you know. They hunt large amount of buffalo, but but for specific per not just for well they used to like um they used to do cliff jumps, which is like I believe they also did it with like mammoths and stuff. But they would force the herds of buffalo off of a cliff in order to kill them. Yeah, fuck. So they would just surround the buffalo and push them off into the point to where they're just gonna fall off the cliff and die. So that's why they would find. You know, lots of remains in one spot because, because that was an easy way of hunting. If you're using small spears and stuff like that, you're not going to maybe them. difficult to fuck with some bison. So just get them to all jump off a cliff. Wow! But yeah. why would the bison even be scared? And then, and then there's not enough. There's just not enough people to eat. You know, put all that meat into, you know, to use. What? There's not enough people to eat all those bison. Or so they're just hanging out once they So they just rot, yeah. So then why do it if it doesn't? Oh, because it meets the supply you have, or the demand you have. Because they need to eat. Very, but that's not a thing that happens now, right? No. No, so it's like, no. No, that, we have much better that's methods. That's still a days. thing. No. That's very interesting. Okay, we are so, so, so far off topic. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like you said... Well, it doesn't matter. We're just talking, Yeah, I feel like you said all you had to say on selective buying. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It was just mainly about the blood red and waiting till you get the best one. Yeah, it applies to every snake. But that also affects, like, growing your collection immediately, 
sport. Right. I think that's what makes becoming a snake breeder such a long game is, you know, you have to wait till it's ready to hatch. You have to wait till they're ready to breed and incubating and all that kind of stuff. It's and like, your best your best move financially, business wise, is going to be getting recessives. Why? Because the price is going to drop to be less cheaper. and less people are going to are going to breed recessives and be a lo- around long enough to bring that to fruition. So if you're breeding multiple recessive genes, mm-hmm. you're going to be the first one to breed all those because not too many people are willing to, to keep wait going the time to, 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 to keep on breeding recessive het to het to mm-hmm. het. Until it comes so, out. So, yeah. And then, and they're honestly usually in pretty much all the species, recessives are like some of the coolest genes. Like, once it actually. Like, like albinism is almost always recessive. Really? Like, pied is always recessive. Mm-hmm. You know, Leucism is usually a super form of a codominant gene. So so the coolest things are made by recessives. But people want to get the stuff that they know. People people want the visual recessive, but they don't necessarily want to wait the time to breed it out. Right. They want to see what it looks like, but they want they want to buy it with them. They don't want to do the work Mm -hmm. to produce it first. But once someone does produce it, they're like, holy shit. I love this. It's awesome. Right. But like you said, money-wise, you're gonna get you're gonna pay less if it's not visual. Yeah, if you buy two hats. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean that's what I do with palmettos, obviously. But and then you're gonna breed them together to to pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean I'm willing to once I get visuals, start breeding them back to hats. Okay. You know, to make hats. So I'm gonna make you know probably. Het stripe, het snow, het palmetto. So it's just going to be a normal corn snake, but under all that normalness <laughs> is going to be het snow, het stripe, mm-hmm. maybe maybe a visual tessera, het palmetto. Okay. So there's going to be have more all that things in it. in it. Yeah. But who knows what palmetto is going to look like with other genes in it, if it's going to be worth it. Because the palmettos that what's his name again don don Soderberg. he just did palmettos to a normal well yeah because he only had one palmetto right but he could have bred it to some other he didn't have to breed it to a normal yeah but what you're doing is diluting your project because you want to make sure you don't want to put a bunch of genes in it to begin with what you want to do is breed it to like a wild caught normal or something like that just something as normal as normal as normal could be because corn snakes even ball pythons at this point, they may be hiding all types of hets. That you, you know. don't know. Right. So you want to make sure that you're doing something that's going to be definitely pure so that you can find out, is this codominant? Is this recessive? So when starting with a new one, how far down the line or down like the generation do you want to wait till you start mixing it with other You want to see that if you took that palmetto to a normal wild caught, um, female, if it's a male, you know, mm-hmm. and you get all normals, then you say, let me breed those normals back to each other. And in a, and one of those normals to, to the, the mom, male, to the dad, to the male. <laughs> yeah. So one of those babies to the male, oh, that's weird. no, it's, it's a right in snakes. And then <laughs> see if we make a palmetto to see if right. we don't, then that okay. was just something that randomly popped up and it's not a, it's not a genetically, mm-hmm. you know, something that you can get through heredity. So then your project stops, right? right. But you want to make sure with the purest of purest of genes that you can reproduce it. Okay. So that it just, it just messes with, uh, you know, you take away any doubt that it's a certain gene, it's codominant, it's recessive. So once you breed that baby to the male and you come out and you do get another visual, then is it okay to start? Mixing it to another gene, or then, you still want to yeah, go down Yeah, I mean, I again? would, I would, you would keep back clutches at this point, and you would have, you know, putting visuals to visuals, making more of those, mm-hmm. and then start putting it into other projects and go from there. But you know, first you just want to establish what the gene is, mm-hmm. what it's going to look like across, you know, to normal to normal, you know, everything like that. You want to, you just want to make sure that your genetics are on point before you want to sell it to anyone. You don't want to false advertise what it is. Yeah, once you sell sell something as recessive, once you sell it as codom, you want to make sure it is that. You want to make sure 
you know, you, it is what you're selling and you want to make sure also it's a healthy adult. You want to see it go through the full from cycle. the full life cycle. You know, you want to see it from a baby to an adult and make sure it breeds. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have snakes that have wonky things as far as it's a genetic mutation. So there can be plenty of things oh, wrong with Snapchat or not Snapchat. Instagram ended. <laughs> yeah. There can be many things that are going on along with the different visual of the snakes so, so you're just not sure about so it may look visually different but it also has a smaller has a smaller vent like in the desert ball python it can't lay eggs because it's cloaca for some reason is smaller what is reproductive system it's basically it can't pass eggs because it's too small and they get, get stuck in there and it dies Oh fuck! so you want to make sure that it's only visual the effects of this genetic mutation it's not affecting the anatomy of the anything snake else or anything that's going like that. on. Yeah. Right. So you want to make sure, you know, everything's kosher before you're fucking with. So before Don, so I still can't remember his name. Before so he started sell, how far before he started selling those palmettos? Like well, how much? He's smart. He he's been doing this long enough to where I believe he only sold females. So okay, your females are going to take longer to to get to size. So, so he had them for a while. Before so if, if he sold males, the first males that he sold, they'd breed in a year and the market would go pretty fast. But he sold females, so they're going to two to three okay. years. So he was giving extra time for the market to, you know, to make just the hats. It would take you, you know, three years. So mm-hmm. so the market didn't flood immediately. Right, right. Um, if you have things like if you sell a bunch of people males, then they're they'll breed that male quick. this year to every one of their females. Mm-hmm. Sell a million hats, and they could and also the price, fuck a bunch of shit up. And right price then. drops immediately. So right. In order but to do you know product, which? Do you know which like generation? So he he got the palmetto from the guy. He bred it to a male, had the babies, bred one back to the male, and then did he sell that clutch? Oh, I have no or idea. You don't know how fa- like how many times he you know went back and bred before he sold the clutch. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I can imagine that second time he probably held some back and probably sold, sold a couple. Some. That's when you'd he feel ended up selling the whole project to Travis Whistler. He sold he sold the whole project, you know, to oh, someone really? that worked for him. So now he's the Palmetto guy. So now he kind of got out of it. I think just because that's probably a lot for someone who's ready to like pseudo retire. To start such a new big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he just kinda got the money and kept on going and just works with more right normal so if you found a new species in your not species, if you found a new what's the right word morph to say is that the right word or found a new morph yeah. in your backyard you would do breed it to one breed the baby back and then you'd be okay with selling it breed it to a normal and sorry breed it to a normal it. have the babies breed one of the babies back to that normal and then you would be okay with selling that next right line. because even even it may be incomplete dominant. So if you breed that to a normal, then it comes out showing that mutation. So right when you breed it back to the the dad. Right. I like saying dad. <laughs> so it could be either or, but and then if it comes out all normal, then you're hoping that when you breed that normal back to the visual, that you're going to get, gonna a get visual, another visual. And then right. that means it's recessive. So. That's why you take that normal step because you breed it to a normal because you want to make sure it's incomplete dominant or recessive. So as far as breeding snakes, there's no concern of like inbreed, like mixing any sort of Some are line more prevalent level. on some species. But then again, if you're looking in the wild, um, most of those animals, there's even some species on islands that you can imagine that they're all interbreeding yeah right i mean it's probably not my favorite move you know if you don't have to then don't do it but what would the concern but at this point every pastel ball python is related somewhere down the line to another pastel ball python mixed and all that kind of stuff right yeah so it's like they're all related at some point i mean we haven't seen many negative effects of it yet but once you start compounding all these genes, who knows it's what gonna, happens? You're going to cross skew. levels and lines and all that. Right. But why would you, you said it's not your favorite thing to do. What would your concerns about it be? No, just, no, nothing. I'm saying if you can avoid it, do it. But also, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get a certain specific look in a certain it's project, to keep that's it what you in do. Certain yeah. Lines. That makes sense. Yeah. 
So oh, just depends. okay. Went a little over an hour. Yeah, not bad. I'm hungry. You're hungry. Yeah. What I have to do is I actually have to finish the YouTube video. So what I'm going to do is I already filmed the YouTube video. What? And oh, um, the vlog. Right. Yes, you have to finish so, the vlog. Yeah. So if anyone is listening, it's available on iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And on Facebook, you can always go rewatch it later. And on yeah, on and YouTube, on YouTube, you but, can go rewatch it. But yeah, I think a lot of people don't know that. You can download it on iTunes and Stitcher if you're watching live. What do you search? Because it's something like specific on iTunes. Yeah, if you put like from the ground up reptile, then that will be your best How shot. How you find it on iTunes. Yeah. Okay. But if you want to see our lovely faces, watch it on Facebook right. or YouTube. So I'm going to do the outro for YouTube on YouTube the because I didn't film it. I uploaded the footage already. But you didn't do an outro? But I didn't do an outro on the camera. So you're going to do it So I'm going to do it right now. And then clip this video to put on the outro right. for the So we're going to do that like right now. Okay. What is the outro? Like right now. Okay. What is it? So thank you guys for watching. Like, comment, subscribe. And if you made it this far. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> you're on the team. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next week. Yep. For some show that we at have. At 5 o'clock again. We made it <laughs> two weeks in a row. at 5. I know we're always kind of surprised when we make it to 5. But now we're going to be doing it consistently. In now we news, have a room that room. is fucking set up every single time that we want to do the podcast. So it's easy. You just turn on everything. Thanks, Ryan Donahue. <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> moving and letting us use your room. Right. Okay, bye. All right, bye.